progress is when there's some awareness of a need for a shift in the way we do things and an agreement with people that we're going to go in this other direction. So when the light gets turned on, people are like, great, we'll leave it on. This is like, this is progress. Welcome to the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This is Joshua Spodek. We bring you leaders acting on their environmental values because too many people told me, I want to act, but if others don't, then what I do won't matter. We're here to make it obvious that you're not alone. You're part of a global community, a majority. Also, too many people told me, doing small things doesn't make enough of a difference and big things take too much work. Action matters more than the size you start with. You'll hear how action motivates guests from small things to doing big things. You won't find guilt, blame, doom, gloom, or telling people what to do. You will find leading without relying on authority, which brings what I found missing from acting on environmental values. Joy, discovery, growth, community, meaning, purpose, value, sharing. With global demand for environmental action, I bet you'll see that acting on your values doesn't distract from your life and career. Following these leaders' footsteps and beyond enjoying the environment, I bet you'll see promotions, raises, more loyalty and trust in your relationships, and more. Robbie started acting on his compost project, and right off the bat, it turns out people are already doing what he was thinking about. He's not alone. He's part of an active community. He always was. He didn't know it, but acting got people to come out of the woodwork, and he started finding out what was going on around him. He talks about how his wife and his family became a part of it. You know, a lot of people think that other people get in the way, and they use that as an excuse not to act. But leadership is about other people. What people who give up see as the hurdle, you can see as the opportunity. That's what leaders do. You can take my word for it. You can hear Robbie live it. Or you can do it yourself and you can learn from your own personal experience. You'll also hear him talk about flying and driving and things that a lot of people don't talk about. But in the context of finding joy in these things, I think you'll hear that he's thinking about these things with renewed interest. So let's listen to Robbie. I'm really interested to hear because you are attacking this like with an enthusiasm. Even, even people who are like thoughtful, they're like, this is really interesting. I'm really getting a lot out of it. And still they think like, well, I wonder what I'll do next. But you're like, I'm going to do something. I'm going to make it part of my life. I'm going to make it, I'm, I'm going to use this to do more. I'm going to use mm-hmm. this. Like, am I reading you right? Yeah, that seems about right. It's my mode. So how, did, how are things yeah. going so far? So I opted to do a composting and yeah. found a container. As soon as we got off the phone, I already knew what I wanted to use. I, I think when you and I talked, I was saying I felt a little reluctant or not reluctant, but like bad because before we actually got on the call, I knew what I wanted to do, but I was delaying doing it. Uh-huh. So I was kind of happy when, like, when the finally we had that moment arrive and I was able to actually start doing it. So it turns out, it was just kind of interesting. I'm bringing my, my scraps to a bin behind the dining hall on the college campus that I live. Uh-huh. And so I went and talked to them about their program and making sure that like, I was following all the rules about what could go in and what couldn't go in. And it turns out it's not compost, it's pig feed. You're bringing compost, but what they're doing is taking that stuff and giving it to pigs. You know, yeah. When I was a kid growing up in Philadelphia, I grew up inside the city, but there were, there were farms that were nearby. And we would actually put scraps out in a little can that pig farmers would pick up and take to their pigs. So they're still doing that. Yeah. And it's, it's a program that a lot of colleges and universities, I guess, have signed on to mm-hmm. as a way to, to eliminate waste. And, and we signed on here like about two years ago. I think it's the first time I noticed it. You no longer like scrape your plates before you bring to the dishes. You just put everything, you just put everything over by the dishwasher and they take care of it behind the scenes. 
And I'm glad I asked though, because napkins aren't allowed, you know, like uh-huh. no paper products, but it's remarkable that pigs eat them pretty much everything else. I mean, not meat, which I already was not putting in, but you know, eggshells, coffee grounds, you know, orange peels, <laughs> it's like all, all the stuff. So, um, so I'm picturing yeah. all these pigs full of caffeine running around. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the one who gets like the bite of the caffeine, like the, 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 uh, grounds. <laughs> it's like one big chomp. Does, does it matter to you if it's going to pigs? I mean, you have to change slightly what goes in it. Does it matter to you if it's going to pigs or compost? No, it's just, I hadn't ever heard of this as a program and it was sort of cool to know that it was getting one more life before, you know, we'd go back to becoming part of the soil. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> how it's, we, you know, people grow on farms. This is like in a natural way of doing things. It's like, they got to figure out People keep talking like closed loop and stuff like that, but it's generally not really closed loop, but still you, you still use everything. You don't waste anything. And in contrast, I was talking to this guy who's starting this business is really way off the ground. It's like digesters. They take wasted food. You know, we produce way, way more food than we can use. And he takes a lot of it and makes it into like food for animals and for people and for fertilizer. Just hearing the numbers of how much it, how much waste we produce is incredible. I had like, I thought I kind of knew, but it was way more. We're so, the systems that we've created are so out of touch with how we evolved. Well, I'm really glad to hear about it because the dining hall, like all dining halls produce a lot of waste because Mm -hmm. students can, it's an all you care to eat system, Mm -hmm. you know, so you're not just getting one plate of food and that is brought to you, but you can go up and down so, you know, you just end up taking more on your plate. They did eliminate trays a few years ago, which was a way to reduce that. Uh-huh. Um, it's really interesting. Like if you don't have trays, you can't load up as much. And so it requires you to like one bring one thing over, right? And then get up and then, you know, like be more conscious about your decisions. Uh-huh. But inevitably, you know, either it wasn't what you thought it was going to be or it didn't taste good or you got too much of it, whatever it is. Like, so I think they paired up with this program in order to make sure that the food that came back to them had you know been put out onto someone's plate could still be you know used in some way um so i didn't i just didn't know the details of it and i feel like now that you know in my little tiny apartment we we fill a, a large container like once a week and i just walk it over and dump it into the thing but now i just am more aware of like the fact that this whole system exists so a couple of avenues I want to follow here. One of them, I'm, I'm still curious about how you felt about it. Like how, actually about this whole thing. How is it you sound happy about it? How would you characterize, besides the facts of the matter, what, how do you feel about it? How's it changing you? Well, if, I'm glad to be is. doing it. No, I, I'm, I, regardless of where it was going, I'm glad to be doing it. You know, it's, it just makes me more conscious. It makes my house smell better because uh-huh. um, it happened to coincide that like about a month or so ago, I switched from like only having a very small garbage can, the size of like a grocery bag. Uh-huh. And now I have one of those tall kitchen garbage bags. Uh-huh. And the problem is that it was really good when it was small because we would just take it out whenever it was full and it would be gone. But now it's sitting for longer. And so if you put uh-huh. scraps in, it's just stinky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and on, But if you if you take it out more frequently, you're wasting two thirds of a bag. So it's this like conundrum. And now we have like, you know, we, we had, we had collected all these plastic bags because we were using them for, for trash. And now we're like, okay, do we go back to the old system? We switched because we have a toddler and it was just like a more secure <laughs> environment for him. Taller, to not keep, 
it was taller. Okay. He can't, he can't kind of get into it before it was literally on the ground and he could easily just like he did, he would open it and pull something out. So we had to switch for kind of childproofing reasons, but it having this coincide with that means that now all the scraps can get put into separate container on a, you know, counter that he can't get to. And that's, you know, it doesn't matter how long it takes for the bag to fill up now. And I predict that the, this tall one, you're probably going to empty a lot less frequently. Oh, yeah. I expect that it'll take a lot longer. I'm also curious about the relationship. You, so, Because a lot of people, the, the big challenge for them is when they have to interface with other people. Like They're like, oh, yeah, I can do this. It's no problem. And then someone else comes in the picture and they're like, oh, this is real pain. So you have a family, so it affects the family. How did it go? Well, I don't know what you said. You had interface yeah. with them. No, I mean, my wife was really open to it. We both have at different times in our life composted when the system was set up for us to succeed, you know? And so kind of getting back to it, we don't cook a lot. So that was part of the excuse before. It was like, well, we don't really cook a lot. But now with a kid, there's just a lot of like vegetable scraps and fruit scraps and because you're just like cutting things up for him or he doesn't finish. A lot of it is that they put food out for a toddler. You know, they don't fit finish like mac and cheese. You're not going to, there's only so many times you're going to reoffer it. Eventually you're going to dump it. Uh-huh. It's been too long. So I just think that there's now like toddlers are pretty wasteful. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's, uh, it's become, it was sort of a more necessary now than when it was just two adults and we didn't have as much food scraps in the house. Okay. You're talking about flies. You're talking about rotten stuff. You're talking about pigs. You're talking about, well, pigs are cute, <laughs> but you're talking mm-hmm. about and, and smelly garbage cans. And yet you're smiling. You're like, this is, I feel like there's what you're doing physically. And then mm-hmm. there's something, the meaning behind it or the purpose or something like that. What are you doing internally, just, you know, in spite of the, the flies and the gross cans? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I don't think a ton about it. I just know that now when we are cleaning up for my son's breakfast and he didn't finish his eggs or he didn't finish something on his tray, it doesn't feel like it's wasteful because I know that it's going to get one more use before it ends up in the soil again. Uh-huh. So it's just something that had becoming more of an issue. And now we're about to have a second kid. So in, uh, you know, like, thanks. <laughs> in like eight months, I'll have a second kid eating, beginning to eat. In a couple of years, there'll be two of them. And, you know, kids are notorious for being, I want. And then like, you give it to them. They're like, I don't really want that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is like a nice way to balance out the fact that that is a, going to be continue to be a factor in our family. To know that, you know, now there's a place for those scraps to go. I'm hearing there's a mix of comfort and relaxation, like a joy in your, in your, your food situation. And also something of, of a, an avoidance, an avoidance of waste. All right. So if this is now easy and any plans is just going to lead to something else. Hmm. I mean, I think that we're, you know, we're already recycling a ton of stuff and doing composting and now the amount of stuff that's in the trash has gone down. Um, that's probably the bulk of like the things we were thinking about doing. I'm open to suggestions, though. What's the next thing? <laughs> well, you know, the, there's a couple things. I'm starting now that I've done a, a few dozen of these interviews. I, I, I want people to come up with their own challenges mm-hmm. based on what they care about. So if someone cares about, about you know, water purity, and I'm talking about global warming, that's not going to fit with them. So I want them to come up with things. Mm-hmm. But also now that I've had a few people make some major changes, like this one guy's thinking about selling his car, like that seems like a pretty big deal. That's a lot more than someone not getting, reusing a coffee mug instead of 
paper coffee cups or plastic coffee cups, like that's a pretty big shift. So now I want to see about, I'm, I'm experimenting with like nudging and influencing people to take on bigger mm -hmm. and bigger challenges. I still don't want to tell them what to do, but mm. I, I do want to get people in the mindset of if a little change made a little improvement, will not a big change make a big improvement? Yeah. You know, I tell you, uh, there was this time when I thought about not having a car uh -huh. and it was the worst 10 minutes of my life. Thinking about not having a car. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it was not something we use often. And I have to say, we're really fortunate that where we live in the city, we do a lot of walking and a lot of taking the subway, a lot of, you know, buses and things like that. But for like, you know, when we all need to get somewhere as a family, especially with multiple kids, go far away to grocery shopping in mass. Although it's funny, I now live 10 minutes away from a Target. So a lot of our shopping now we just do with a stroller. So there's become less and less of a reason. Like there's like once a week that we need the car. But a lot of the things you just mentioned, like I've already done, like, you know, I'm the, I'm, we don't use paper products. I get really upset when I'm at my parents' house and I say they're still using paper products. I'm like, really? You, I only recently got a dishwasher and I'm like, they've had, they all have dishwashers. I'm like, why can't you just have a mug? And, you know, I'm happy to reuse the same mug it was, it was for the same thing for a while. And like we have glass jars that we've saved from products that we used to have and then just use those sometimes for storage or like I make iced coffee and I pour it in these large glass containers, um, put it in the fridge. So I think I was already like in the mindset of doing a lot of these things. So, you know, the big things are like heating and cooling, transportation, packaging. I don't, yeah, I don't have a car. Living in Manhattan, you don't need a car. I don't know. I hear people going like just going straight, just using Uber and Lyft and stuff like that, you know, without having a car in the suburbs, which I would have thought impossible. But apparently people are doing that. Oh, it's, it's great. The, the hang up is often, um, it's really like when I'm traveling by myself, I can get around with easily a combination of bus, oh, subway kids. and Lyft. Yeah. But um, car seats is the thing. Mm -hmm. It's not, not to say it's impossible, but once they're no longer in a click-in bucket seat, you don't have a car seat with you. Mm -hmm. So and in Massachusetts, as in, I think all states, you don't need a car seat in a cab, but I find that ridiculous. And I'm not going to put my child in that situation. But yeah, I mean, like, I think we're down to using the car probably like three or four times a month and trying to think even what for, but mostly a lot of, we've been able to design a life where most of it's like within the, within the area that we live which is really kind of cool. We're really fortunate where we live. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know your life. So I, it's, it's yeah. hard for me to say, you know, not flying for me has been like a tremendous benefit to my life. Yeah, I mean, it's a real conundrum when the reason I want to fly is because I want my kids to know their grandparents. But the reason I want to also take care of the earth is because I have kids. If we, if we simply say, this is my situation and the only possible thing I can do is fly. That's the only solution. What else can I do? Then, yeah, I guess... We're all going to fly and the nature will figure out for us what's going to happen when the sea levels keep rising. All the, the alternative is to be a leader. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, Nelson Mandela was in jail for 27 years. And one of the big things for him was he didn't get to see his mother. He didn't go to attend his mother's funeral. He didn't get to see his kids grow up. I guess that's, that does happen if you're a leader. Then you often will find yourself choosing things that other people don't. And other people would probably view it as hardship. And I think probably most people wouldn't want to be Nelson Mandela. They want the results, but they don't want to actually do it themselves. Mm -hmm. And you don't need that many people doing it. And of course, this isn't like a 27 years in jail sort of thing. Are you enjoying meeting this guest? Are you thinking about what you care about? 
I recommend making it active. Think about what you could do, not just analyze and plan, not do what others tell you to, but to live by your values. You'll enjoy your results, people will follow you more than you think, and you'll impact more than you expect. Go to joshuaspodick.com slash podcast for examples of what others have done. No, I mean, it's good. It's a good reminder that like, there's not a, uh, nothing we're doing is in a vacuum and that there is a cause and effect, even if we can't see it right away. Yeah. You know, and, you know in my case, when I chose to take on the year of not flying, the first thing I thought of was my book is coming out in that year. So it was March of 2016. My book was coming out in February of the following year. And I was like, well, there goes the book tour or, you know, the book tour is going to be Eastern Seaboard. And then on the week of my book launch, my, my, my uncle died. And that's in Pittsburgh. So Pitts, New York, Pittsburgh, everyone was like, are you going to fly there? And I was like, it, as it happened, my sister ended up driving there. So we drove together. What's the relative pollution of a driving versus flying? I'm not, I'm not sure because there was a couple of us in the car. So it was like less per person. But yeah, I looked at it as like how it wasn't a question of, do I love my f- uncle? Do I want to be with my family? It was, how do I solve this? And it's, it's, it's a much more active approach of like, what are my values and how do I live by my values? Mm-hmm. Of course, family is a value too, or being with my family. Mm-hmm. But it was not just open and shut. Like, I love my uncle, therefore nothing else matters. And my dad's like that because my sister is in Fiji or she's now in New Zealand. And I talked to him about, about this stuff. And he's just like, I want to see my daughter. I'm like, well, you know, there's a lot of pollution involved. He's like, I want to see my daughter. I'm like, <laughs> all right, look, I'm not going to get angry at you. but. It's, I don't know. I, well, it feels like a disproportionate impact to people when they're denied something like that. Like I have, I have relatives, um, you know, my in-laws and my brother-in-law, sister-in-law and and nephews are in the Bay area, California, and I'm, you know, a six hour flight or like a forever drive across the country, which I don't think is a better for the environment. Um, and I don't have the luxury of time to do that, you know? And, and so it, we, we don't get out there very often because it is so far and it is so expensive and it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but to like, be like, Oh, I'm just not going to do it would feel like I was, I was losing something bigger than what I could foresee as a benefit because the thing that the, the cause and effect part, the effect part isn't as tangible right now to all of us. And so you're just more in tune with the what is going to be happening if we don't make a change that's the leadership that you're showing it's just more front and center for you and so the choices feel differently to you than your dad who's just like he only can see not seeing his daughter or seeing his daughter like he's not seeing the other side of that question yeah so i'm going to leave it at at this because i'm not trying to convince people of anything here but you know just sharing that i've as you say i have a different perspective but I started from that perspective. It was my first thought was, what am I missing? But now my thoughts are, what am I getting? Mm. And I prefer living in a world of what am I getting rather than what am I missing? It just works better for me. I like that. So um, I'll leave it. I mean, we'll be in touch. So let's leave it for now. If, uh, unless you, unless something, I'm not going to suggest something for you. But yeah. if something comes up for you, you know, email me and let me know if you want to take on another challenge. I'd love to record again. Cool. Uh, any advice for other people listening? I mean, it sounds like this was like a pretty easy one for you. Well, I think it's also helpful to do an assessment of what you're already doing. 
and kind of realize that the thing you're adding into your life is, is part of an ongoing effort of ways that you're trying to be environmentally conscious. It's not for most of us, like who are speaking to you, if we are speaking to you, it's probably not the first time we've ever thought to do something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even just talking to you just now and thinking like, you know, in my own house, you know, I reuse a cup before, you know, even putting it in the dishwasher or I don't use paper plates uh, or cups or whatever, like all the things that other people sometimes just do. Um, I think it's good to know that like, this is just a continuation of that effort, not that out of the ordinary. And that I'll always be looking for the ways to take another step in that direction. So I, I just think like help people realize they're on a continuum that are actually further along than they think they are. And then encourage them to go a little bit further. Huh. Uh-huh. So it's not like they have to take some big step. It's just, it's not even a continuum means that it's not discrete steps, but it's like, everything's like touching. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I would have thought to do composting if I wasn't already recycling, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, and like that. So like there's, there's degrees of this and it gets easier to add something on like composting when you're already separating your recycling from your trash, right? Like it's, it's just, it's just not, it's not that hard. And I think that like helping people realize like adding on another little thing, like for me, I have a car, but using it less frequently is a lot easier than getting rid of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's a that's gradual step. step. Yeah. Right. And, and I might reach a point where I'm like, wow, I'm using it so infrequently. Actually, I don't need it. Like, you know, but like to go from, I use a car all the time to I'm not going to have a car is too big a leap for people. But you know, think about the gradual steps that you can take, the incremental steps, the continuum that you're moving on and kind of give yourself permission to like move along that path in a very conscious way. But you don't all, not everyone's going to take the same leaps at the same time. And hopefully if you're doing it in the way I'm describing it, it just becomes part of life. Like when I'm, when I'm doing something in my house and I have to decide like where I'm tossing this, this item in my hand, I don't, I, I don't have a lot of thought into it. I just know, like, it's, depending on what it is, which receptacle to put it in. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to, like, stop and think about it in this huge conundrum. It's just part of life. And that's just, like, that's because it's now integrated. And I think when it's integrated, we'll keep it up. And that's ultimately what you're hoping for, is not that we do it because you, you know, challenged us to do it for a couple of weeks for your show, but that it's part of our life. Mm-hmm. And then it influences the people who are in our life because we've committed to it, shown how easy it is. And it has that ripple effect in that way. So I think change is diff- like there's change. I'll say this way, this change and this progress. I think change is sort of can be very abrupt. Change can be turning on and off the light, right? Darkness, light. Progress is when there's some like a- awareness of a need for a shift in the way we do things and an agreement with people that we're going to go in this other direction. So when the light gets turned on, people are like, great, we'll leave it on. This is like, this is progress, mm-hmm. right? And I just think like too many people are trying to like, just try lots of things and nothing's sticking. And then they, they decide not to do anything. So, you know, pick something and commit to it. This is, thank you for sharing that. Cause it, it's so much of it. It's like, you're speaking from experience of something that I think I'm, I'm trying to get across. It resonates with how things were for me. And it reminds me that I didn't just decide to not fly. Right. I came after decide, it, first of all, from the time I thought about it to when I acted on it, there was a lot of like internal conflict that I had to resolve that 
turned into finally doing it. And then, but that all was built on the not packaging food stuff, which that was hard. And that took me six months from the idea to doing it. So yeah, it's, it's, there really are lots of little steps and it's not that the little steps alone are that much, but it, it like gets you going and thinking and, and seeing what's, what comes next. I think. Right. And that's, yeah, that's why it's helpful for you to share more of your journey than even your, where you ended up. Yeah. So people can see themselves in that same path. Thank you for getting that out. <laughs> I, I hope it didn't sound like I'm just like, I know I'll just do this done. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, it's I, just easier to dismiss someone making a big leap when you can't see the work that went into making it happen, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, well, I'm not there. And you're just like, oh, I can't do that. But if you realize you're already kind of doing this process, it's just, it's just another, do the next thing. Yeah. I have to ask you also, you're, you sound like your social, your socializing is very advanced relative to a lot of people. You're, you're comfortable talking with people. But can you share a bit about your interacting with other people in, in this, any advice or, I mean, I asked you before, but. Yeah. And I just on. think, I think that um, it, it's always good to just encourage people to move from where they are, no matter what topic, like always help them understand, you know, as an assessment of where they are. And I think also where they think they are. Like where they where they want to be, I guess is what I would say. It's like there's always a difference between where a person is and where they where they want to be. Whether it's like race relations, like people are always thinking they're less racist and more racially just than they actually are in practice. Mm-hmm. You know, because we want to think good things about ourselves. Uh-huh. And so, once people realize there's this difference, they can then work to fill that gap and make a shift in their life to be not in some mythical high achieving place, but just be where they already thought they were. Mm-hmm. I think similarly, like I want to be the kind of person who does good things, to the earth. It's, it's one of the things I care about. Okay. It's good for me to be like, where am I in that in reality versus where I think I am or would like to be. And then what can I do to close that gap so that I'm more in alignment with my values. And that I think, it's better to help people be in alignment with their own values than like the values of the person who's having a conversation with them. Does that make sense? Yeah. It sounds like it's um, looking at things from their perspective, both where they are and where they think they are and bring that, helping them bring that into alignment, which I think will feel to them like. Yeah. And it won't, won't feel like it's too much or too fast or too soon or like you're speaking to them in some like high up place that they can never achieve because you're not comparing them to you. You're comparing them to themselves. Yeah. And it's going to be a lot more effective than being, you're such a hypocrite. Yeah. Which a lot of people throw around. <laughs> nice way to shut down the conversation. Yeah. That, <laughs> nice way to shut down your ability to influence. Yeah. 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 Well, good luck with this project. I just think it's, it's pretty fantastic what you've taken on and uh, the podcast is a really interesting format for it. And the, the follow-up interviews. Um, yeah. Thank cool. you. I, I, I look forward to it getting bigger and hope that it, it takes off and people follow, People are like, I want to do what Robbie did. I want to feed pigs. Yeah, pig cycling. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Any last notes before wrapping up? I think that's it. Yeah, I'm good. All right. Thank you very much. And, and I look forward to next time you're in New York, let me know. I'll, awesome. I'll, 
A lot of this conversation is me and Robbie just talking about what he did, what I do. I hope you enjoyed people who are acting, talking about what they do, because it becomes very interesting. Instead of when you listen to people who aren't acting talk about environmental things, they often dissociate. They talk, how do I put it? They laugh cynically about stuff. They might get a laugh in the short term, but you can hear that they're lowering their self-awareness. What role model, what person that you want to emulate recommends lowering self-awareness? His activity costs nothing, and once implemented, it doesn't take that much time. He's bringing his family closer. So I'm not saying it's everything, but I hear emotional reward, depth, caring. It's there for people who recognize what they want to do and who act on these things, and they share it with others and bring those others into what they do. Does hearing leaders acting on their values make you think of yours? Nothing will make you feel better than acting on them. Value means better. Acting on your values means improving your life. Committing publicly helps many people and builds community too. If you want, click on Commit to a Personal Challenge to share what you do with this community. You'll be a leader among leaders. We're more than a podcast. We're a movement to share how acting on environmental values means fun, joy, growth, and so on, not sacrifice or deprivation. If you want to join or help, contact me at joshatspodak.net or at joshatspodak.com slash podcast. You'll grow as a leader, you'll enjoy yourself, and the world and your communities will thank you for it.